Welcome to Talking Foosball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga, with player picks as cheeky as a Lewandowski heel flick, fancy advice as hot as Mavropanos' goal-scoring streak, and two pundits who have been dubbed the fantasy boys by Talking Foosball's Nick Vildhagen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Thurgood. This is Talking Foosball Fantasy Season 5, Match Day 9. And joining me, as always, he is the fantasy foosball god himself, Flo Reinecker, my fellow fantasy boy, how did unlimited transfers treat you? Well, it could have been better, could have been worse, but all in all, I'm not too unhappy with my decision making. So in the end, I went for Royce instead of Haaland because I felt the uncertainty wasn't really necessary and Royce could outscore Haaland given his track record against Mainz. And it looked like a pretty decent approach until like the last minute goal from Haaland, which put him over the top. I think that was a eight or nine point swing in favor of Haaland. But I mean, like that's a conscious decision I did. I thought the risk of Haaland not playing, like I wasn't expecting him playing 90 minutes, to be honest. I don't think Marco Rosa was either. Yeah, so that, that was... A shock to me. I thought, okay, if he starts, he's probably getting like 60 to 70 minutes with Champions League Lumen and all stuff. That he scored in, I think, almost an in injury time. I'm not sure if it actually was an in injury time, but so late in the game, that was definitely something I, I, I didn't expect. But I mean, that was, yeah, something that, that made or break your week in a sense. I was pretty light on Bayern. I mean, I, I talked about last week how in these kind of duels, Bayern used to stick it to the opponents, but still, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I thought it is a possibility that they make a statement win there, but uh, that was just just brutal. Yeah, but but I like it. I went heavy on Gladbach. I brought in five Gladbach players. So, yeah, that was all right. They equaled the Bundesliga season record for most shots in a single game, right? So, that's I mean, it's a good team to invest yeah. in. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to see. 31 shots on goal. So, uh, thank you very much. It didn't work out in a point sense as much as I would have liked. I mean, Hofmann had a, a brilliant game, but, I mean, you, you didn't go for Günther, who had... I'm not sure how many, uh, five or six shots on goal. It's just yeah. a crazy outlier of a game for him. I'm, I'm not expecting that to see that any kind soon. So I, I wouldn't chase the points of Ginter. But I mean, Hofmann, uh, I was pretty high on him. And uh, yeah, I, I think like I had him over Stindl, uh And I think it's going to stay that way for quite a while. Although... Yeah, of course, Stindl can outscore Hofmann any given given match day. Oh yeah, we know but that. But the likelihood, like the shot involvement, on average, is 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 just higher with Hofmann, and much higher than with Stindl. Yeah. No, I, I was glad I went for Hofmann over Stindl as well. I think the reasoning on that one was sound. I mean, I, I kind of looked at my squad and after the transfer window had shut, and especially after the Friday night game had gone, and I, you know, I did bring or keep Kainz and Schmitz in my squad because I thought they were nice enablers in both of their positions and it just didn't work out very well. And then I kind of looked at my squad and went, oh, I've, I've played it very down the line. Like there's very little creativity or variation in there. I haven't really gone for the differentials, but I think I was trying to play it a bit safer this time because after the last unlimited transfers, I did try and 
you know, find the differentials a little bit more. Um, and it ended up costing me. So I wanted to kind of build the foundation this week. Um, and now already we've got a few injury headaches. I was with you, Flo. I didn't bring in Erling Haaland and I, I tweeted about it and you said hats off to those that kept him because it was an uncertain situation and there was no guarantee that he would score points if he did play or feature at all. And so I went with Cramerich in the end and I was happy to at least have done that. And it was, you, you were right, Flo, when he scores that second goal, it's like, it's a gut punch to anyone that tried to play without him and thought, oh, I've, I've actually, it's worked out okay. I mean, even so, I think Kramaric scored two less points than yes, Haaland. Yes, only two. Yeah. So, but, no harm, no but foul. But that would have been six more for Kramaric had Haaland yeah. not scored that late goal. And so yeah, it was yeah, one of those yeah. things where I went, ah, oh, you know, the, the, the decision for me, I'm not, I'm not bashing the decision. It was just a gut punch at, you know, last minute where you go, oh, I thought I was going to be fully vindicated and instead Erling Haaland does Erling Haaland things. So it's just one of those. But we had Frankfurt disappoint against Hertha Berlin. I think that was a team we were both looking at and thinking, oh, this is a good little run for them. And then, you yes. know, Hertha, a side they really should beat, yeah. end up pulling out a victory. And so now Frankfurt uh, away from home against Borchardt this weekend you know you wonder whether the investment will pay off so I think it's an interesting week ahead I think unlimited transfers were kind to a lot of people and if anything we got one thing proven wrong Flo which is that Florian Kainz isn't the lowest midfielder that you can go because there is someone knocking about now at 4.9 million who uh, wrote his name in the Freiburg history book so there's plenty to discuss I will apologize now because I didn't send out a tweet asking for listener questions, so we don't have any today. What we will do, therefore, is spend a little bit more time on each match and hopefully answer any questions you do have, and then we will go from there. So uh, let's get our teeth stuck into the fixtures. We'll take a break about halfway through. But we'll start with the Friday night fixture, as always. And this is one that we talked about last week, Flo, because we had Mainz in mind, but not because of that Dortmund fixture. Now they're at home against Augsburg. The problem is Augsburg have won each of their last five Bundesliga matches against them, uh, which is their longest such streak against any current top flight team. Nevertheless, this is a Friday night. You've got the safety net and the comfort blanket of of knowing the starting lineups in it. Who's top of the Friday night shopping list for you? Definitely Mainz players. I wouldn't go with Augsburg. So if you, if you look at sharp production so far this season, then Augsburg like conceded the third most shots this season was 120 and Mainz conceded just 91 shots on goal. So there's a big gap between these two sides, uh, defensive-wise, so far this season. And also in, in production up front, Augsburg has still the least amount of shots produced, only 73, and Mainz is sitting there with 91. So Mainz actually is quite funny. They have an equilibrium. They had 91 shots. And they conceded 91 shots. So they're there. <laughs> right there in, in the middle. And Augsburg is just not producing enough, enough shots. I mean, they are at 73, like I said. And the second worst team is Hertha with 80. So that's the, the biggest gap between any positions there. Except the gap between number one, which is Bayern, 155 shots. And then his Gladbach was 131. So uh, pulling ahead after that game against Stuttgart with uh, the 31 shots. But that's the reason why I'm interested solely on the um, mind side. The next fixture is away from home at Bielefeld, which is good. Although 
the fixture of Augsburg is at home against Stuttgart. That doesn't scare me at all because Stuttgart is a club who actually conceded the most shots. I mean, helped definitely by that 31 shots they conceded at Gladbach, but still um, they are a bit leaky or at least like they allow their opponents to take shots. So uh, I'm, I'm going with Mainz here and the player I'm interested in the most would be uh, Aaron Martinez because he's in uh, most predicted lineup I, I, I'm seeing. They predict the switch at left back between Lukoki and Aaron and he's just 2.7 million. Well, it's weird because like Lukoki, uh, so Aaron started the season because of the, the COVID issues with Mainz, yes. right? It's played well, had some good, you know, I think match day one was one of the standout players. Lukoki comes back in, has a really good game in his first match. I think he got a goal and an assist and everyone went, okay, right, well, he looks like a fantasy prospect. The good news here is that at least we have confirmation of the starting lineups because I think we're looking at that left back spot either way as the interesting role with this mind side, aren't we? Yeah, although you could go with Whitmer yeah. um, if he's actually playing as the right back. The last games he was always playing uh, like in the three-man back line, but uh, Hack wasn't at 100%. Um, could be that Hack is now replacing uh, the injured Saint-Just uh, in the three-man back line and, and Whitmer will play on the right flank. With Whitmer, you get that amount of certainty that he's going to be in the starting lineup next week. And that's a Saturday game. So you don't have the confirmation of, of the lineup. And that's definitely, if you're going with uh, Aaron, that's definitely something you have to keep in mind. Like, in, depending on how the match goes, like, you, you'll have to make a transfer or you're at least not certain that he's going to feature next week another guy who could start is Daniel Brzezinski so if, if if he's starting as a wing back I'm, I'm also interested in that so that's the position I'm most interested in but in midfield like I'm a long time fan of Jean-Paul Boetius uh, he's costing you 7.1 million and I think in this price range he's actually quite a good pick so if he's in the starting lineup what I will uh, would expect I, I, I think he's interesting. I mean, he's got set-piece duties. We've talked about him being a creative force. Is he your you know, outstanding fantasy player that really... Could, I, you know, I'm not even sure Boetius really has the potential unless things go really well to score over 15 points. But what I do think he's got the potential to do is score you between 10 and 15. And yeah, the fact is there's a, there's a baseline for his involvement in, in creating chances, in, in having shots on goal. One name I didn't hear you mention there, Flo, and I wondered... And, and I mean, okay, it's a centre-back, so it comes with that tag, but Musa Niakate, yeah. penalty taker for Mainz, and has proven that he's a threat from set pieces. Seven million. And the, I think the only problem for me here is the one thing that he doesn't really tick in terms of boxes is he doesn't win that many challenges. I think it, that would almost tip him over the edge for me and say, right, even if he doesn't take a penalty every game, which is not going to happen, then I could maybe justify the pick because of challenges won. But because... There's that one little factor for me. Is is that why you didn't mention his name? Well, like he's depending pretty much on, on these set pieces going his way. And who knows if Aaron is in the starting lineup. Not sure if Nia Kate takes a free kick if it's around the box or if it isn't Aaron. Because this is one of his uh, like fortes going into this kind of situation. So I don't have the certainty with Nia Kate. 
and I mean, I mean, it could like there could be shot involvement of him getting at the end of crosses at set pieces or taking set pieces himself. But I think the likelihood of of uh, Aaron just like getting crosses out of open play and uh, from set pieces or uh, Vitma with open play, I think it's this, it's a surer bet. But like I, especially since it's a Friday night, I, I actually don't hate going with Nia Kate. Just banking on him getting on the score sheet, and mine's keeping a clean sheet, and and then you have a really really good um, result probably from Nia Kate. Yeah. So I, I I don't hate it. I, d I don't hate going with Hack for that matter because what he lacks in not having set piece duties, he he's definitely capable of of winning. 15 or more challenges in a game. We've seen that pretty often from Hack. And he's 4 million. So uh, he, he would be a guy I might look at if Aaron isn't, isn't in the starting lineup. And then, I mean, you, you said you're only going Mainz. I just, I mean, something that struck me last week, we talked about the Augsburg-Bielefeld game as saying, oh, it's really a fixture to kind of steer clear of completely. I think outside of Gikovic, who we mentioned, was the perfect pairing for Marius Funk in goal. And I almost felt remiss of the fact that we didn't mention Daniel Caligiuri's name. And admittedly, his form this season hasn't been that good, but he did pick up 12 points. Again, he's the creative linchpin for Augsburg. He's got set pieces in his locker. If you didn't invest in him last week, Flo, I assume you're saying you wouldn't invest in him this week then? Yeah, probably not. I mean, he's too pricey for what he brings to the table. I mean, I, I think you have to invest. I, I have to double check that. But I, I think it's in the region where you get a player like Florian Wirtz. And I, and I think he's more expensive than Julian Brandt. In, in a club that just doesn't produce a, a, a lot of fantasy goodness and and i think he he gave the assist to the goal isn't that right yep, yep. and how how many points did he score 12 points 9.7 million so, so he yeah he he was involved in the goal and gave you 12 points which is good 9.7 is actually his price tag so he's a bit cheaper than i would have imagined but like he needs to be involved in the game to really pay off yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I don't like it as much. And, and I think at home against um, Bielefeld is, is actually the better matchup than away at Mainz. So I, uh, I think um, Augsburg war players were more viable last week. Mm -hmm. And I'd probably still go with Andre Hahn if I'm going with the Augsburg midfielder. 8.1 million because he's playing as a striker so and that could pay off one of these days i'm, I'm just on i i think these this augsburg squad just looks not good yeah. <laughs> and, that's one way to put it yeah. in the end like how how big is a pie of fantasy points that a team creates yeah. and then you have to think like uh how, how much of this pie is going to play x y and Z. and i just think that that augsburg probably has the smallest pie in the bundesliga on average, it's a really tiny yeah. pie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they're up there with. I mean, maybe foot. I think foot foot have a maybe smaller pie. I mean, they're competing with Bielefeld as well. But even Bielefeld have shown that they can create a few chances here and there. Now, I I do agree with you. I think Augsburg are under Weinz are showing right. They might be able to grind out survival this season. But in terms of a fantasy team, they are not really that viable. So. 
I just wanted to give Caladry a mention because of that 12-point haul. But I'm, I'm with you. If you're investing in this game, uh, go in the Mainz market and not the Augsburg one. So let's move on to the... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, wait a second. Uh, like, cheapy, I, I can uh, mention from Augsburg if Aaron isn't starting and you want to save some money and want to have a wing back, um, Mats Pedersen uh, probably is going to start again as a left back. And he had eight points last week without being involved in a goal and with them not keeping a clean sheet. Looks pretty decent. And with him now playing at Mainz and next week at home against Stuttgart, like if you need the savings and Aaron isn't in, uh, in the lineup or you want to go a bit contrarian, I think Pedersen, if he starts, um, isn't a bad choice. A diff differential potential on Friday night. I mean, yeah, we've given you plenty of options on Friday night, to be honest. I think it's it's a game that is worth investing in as well. And definitely that might side, not just for this weekend, but also the next couple of games as well. But let's move on then to the 3.30 kickoffs. We'll start with the, the big one, Bayern against Hoffenheim. Bayern, as we mentioned, blew Leverkusen away last weekend. Eight of their starting 11 scored double digits in the fantasy world. And let's be honest, that would have been nine had Alfonso Davies not picked up an injury. But this is a game where uh, we look to a certain one, Robert Lewandowski. And I know I saw a couple of teams with Oliver Bauman drafted in. And I think that was with this game in mind because the, the hopes are that even if Bayern score big, that Bauman can also still pick up a fair few points for saves. The thing is, when it comes to his record against Lewandowski, he's conceded 17 goals. And that is more than any other Bundesliga goalkeeper against the prolific pole. And I think maybe the other question we have to ask here, Flo, is do we fear rotation? Now, news coming out today that Julian Nagelsmann has contracted the coronavirus. Don't think that should have too much of an impact in a fancy sense, but it could, couldn't it? Yeah, my, like I'm especially afraid that there will be other like, players have contracted it too, and maybe like the news comes out after we sealed our transfer bids we've seen that with clubs i mean if you if you think about like what happened at stuttgart like that was kind of a domino effect with like at first it's one guy and then it's it's going on and on and on and in the end i think it's six or seven guys who tested positive so the question is did he contracted it while on team duty or was that in his spare time when riding a longboard or whatever he does? Could <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, That we don't know, but that's definitely adding a layer of uncertainty that is already there with Bayern. I think the only players I'm not afraid of as long as they don't test positive for Corona are Kimmich and Lewandowski. Uh, and Müller probably, if you have Müller in your squad, but... Everyone else, I feel, is a bit of a rotation risk. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that I could pull a trigger on any other Bayern player, which is a shame, really, because like, I'm, I'm going to ask you, James, uh, on average, per 90 minutes, do you know which Bundesliga player is involved in the most shots so far this season? Uh, if it's like per 90 minutes, it's going to be someone that's come off the bench a couple of times and is a bit obscure, wouldn't you say? Or is it, are you asking me because it's a Bayern player? It's a Bayern player. So is it Leroy Sané? It is. Yeah, okay. So 7.2 <laughs> shots on average per 90 minutes. Most of the Bundesliga. Do you know, like, there's a pairing, two guys coming in second place. You will, probably wouldn't guess the one. 
both are players that play regularly. So they had to play at least one third of the playing time. That's my filter. Erling Haaland? Huh? I, Sorry? I would, guess at, I would guess at Haaland. Haaland is like in fourth place. Oh, brilliant. Um, but that wasn't a word, a bad pick. No, words is in seventh place. Okay. Um, then we're going to go more regularly. I'm give you like, I give you the clubs. The go one on. is playing for Gladbach and the other one is playing for Cologne. And they're tied uh, second. Well, is Anthony Modest? No, it's not Modest. Schmitz? No, it's not Schmitz. Schmitz is not up there. It says. It's not Anderson. It's Mark Oud. Oh, fair. 6.8 shots okay. per 90 minutes. I was surprised to see that, actually, that he's uh, up that high. And the, the Gladbach player is, uh, I, I don't want, uh, it's Jonas Hofmann. Okay, yeah. That, These that, are the guys. That was the first name on my lips, yeah. Tied in second. Then it's uh, uh, Haaland. Then it's a fifth play, player. And then it's the sixth guy. And then, like, I won't rattle off the top 10. The other guys are all players you would expect there and then it's like you, you know that meme with the military guys and one has like the clown <laughs> nose and so it's yeah. all, one doesn't belong yeah. here and it's definitely feeling the same with a guy who's at number six his club is Arminia Bielefeld he's sitting in sixth place it's in Oku Gower, isn't it no it's um, Patrick Wimmer oh Wimmer huh? 5.6 shots on goal on average he's tied with Florian Wirtz Stats wise, wow, he's the same. That's that's just unbelievable. Yeah, if you I would never have guessed that in a long time, especially with like how much less Bielefeld creates and Leverkusen, and he's still up there. So if like Bielefeld um, will hit a decent run of games, uh, I think, and Wimmer can keep his starting place. And I think the problem with him is like. Most of the time he's playing 65 minutes. And that's the problem with sorting the stuff like uh, on average. Some players are, are just don't get 90 minutes. And that's something you have to factor in. But still it's interesting. And my, my point to make was that Leroy Sané is playing outstanding. Yeah. If you feel confident enough that he's going to start against Hoffenheim, I think he would be a great differential pick to pair up with Lewandowski. Uh, like uh, I'm, I'm still afraid he won't play, or if he plays, that he doesn't yeah. get enough minutes, and that that's my issue with Leroy well, Sané. But like, yeah. I, I think it's, it's, it's the same conundrum we have every season, right? I think we talked about it at the end of last season that if you were genuinely on match day one picked Lewandowski and Muller and left them both in your squad the whole season, you would have done really, really well. But as fantasy owners, we have this inherent desire not to double up in a striker role when there's only three spots, and you don't want to pick two people from the same team, even if that team is Bayern, and every season scored the most goals in the Bundesliga. And it's really bizarre, but we had the discussion, Gnabry, Muller, and Sane, all forwards this season. So who was that? that player that would make the most sense if you did double up. And it, the problem for me is it changes too often. It started with Gnabry, then it went to Muller, now we're at Sane, and it's going to completely rotate throughout the season. I think that's the one issue I have with it. But yeah, the logic remains that I think if you had picked Lewandowski and Sane at the start of the season, you probably would be up and around the top 100 overall rank you know and and depend, depend of course on who you pick elsewhere if you made some silly choices elsewhere it would be tough but I, it's 
it's something that keeps striking me with this Bayern side. Uh, we talk to talk about them being a minefield when it comes to rotation. I think there's there are some fears. We've of course got the Alfonso Davies injury to contend with. I, I mean, you didn't bring him into your squad flow, but I did uh, into mine, thinking, oh, you know, he'd be a pretty safe pick. And now he's picked up an injury, misses the Champions League. There is news he will be back in time for Hoffenheim, but whether that's back into the starting lineup, who knows? Um, because they do have other options that they can shift around. They've got Pavar back from suspension as well, and so it's an interesting in terms of a player pick flow who, who are you going for from this game is it just Lewandowski or Kimmich yes for me probably yes um, I'm just not feeling sure enough like even Müller might get a pause who knows and and with the added yeah risk of Nagelsmann testing positive for COVID and we're not knowing what's going to happen there I'm, I'm, I just feel um, like they are, I, I want to invest in other spots but like Definitely, like Bayern is separating themselves from the field in shot production, and that's something that we should keep in mind because it makes just like like you said, eight eight players, double digit fantasy points that can't happen if you're not producing goals and shots. Um, I'm not sure there's another Bundesliga team that could do it. I, I mean, I, mean I, I I covered the uh, Frankfurt Hatter game. And I think there wasn't a single player that scored more than 11 points in that game. Yeah. And Frankfurt had no one in double digits. Yeah, that, that, that hurt. <laughs> that one sucked. Yeah, of course, because the goal uh, went to Paciencia, who came off the bench so uh, and couldn't like uh, acquire stats most of the time of yeah. that game. But that's definitely something you should be conscious of. Like, you can have... Like I, I, I felt fine with going with five Gladbach players because I felt that there's enough room for every of these players to uh, get points because like there will be a big pie um, with Stuttgart conceding so many shots. Yeah, there was a huge pie. Um, it, it was all right in the end. Like Stindl and Nets and Mbolo, even Mbolo didn't score that much as I would have liked, but they're like, that's just sometimes how the cookie crumbles, huh? like you <laughs> say. But think about that beforehand then. Um, but with, with all the risk, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, if you could go with Pava, maybe he should be pretty safe after missing time. I think he's, he's going to start uh, as a right back. Maybe that's the safest choice if you want to have another Bayern player, another Bayern defender. And I wouldn't feel safe enough with Alfonso Davis. No, no, I'm I'm worried because I've also got the rotation risk with Angelino, which we're going to talk about in just a minute as well. When it comes to my two premium defenders, the choices really haven't worked out well for me on the back of unlimited transfers. And it might be a bit of a yeah, it's a game of chicken this weekend in terms of who I take out and whether they perform well or not. But OK, let's move on to the next game then before we take a break. And uh, Wolfsburg against Freiburg. We'll, we'll go with the Battle of the Bergs. Now, Freiburg is still the only Bundesliga team yet to lose this term, uh, while 16 points from 
their first eight games as a new club record. We wondered whether the switch to the new stadium might throw them off a little bit against Leipzig, but actually they produced yet another. Yeah, I wondered well, I, th- that. I think I wondered it too. Um, I, won't, I won't put you in that boat alone. But the fact is they once again flow. They exceed expectations. They go a goal down, but they pull out a one or draw. And really after the game, you're kind of thinking, well, they probably should have and could have won it. And it would have been a nice moment to their new stadium, you know, to do that. Instead, John writes his name in the history books by becoming the first player from Freiburg to score there. He was the 4.9 million uh, midfielder I was talking about earlier in the show in terms of an enabler and and the only player lower than Kainz um, in terms of his value that is viable. Um, now, the problem is in this game, I'm still looking at it, Flo is going. It's not a very attractive one fantasy-wise. Wolfsburg, not in a great run of form. Seven games without a win now, if you include last night's defeat to Salzburg, where they looked remarkably ordinary. And on top of that, uh, we're conceding goals from set pieces, which is something we're not used to seeing from Wolfsburg. And as a result, I look at this game and think Freiburg certainly have a chance to take points or, you know, all three from it. But I don't think I want to invest in it fantasy-wise. I think the only guy who's interesting to me because of his price tag is Lukas Mecha. He's 8.2 million. Bechos tested positive for Corona. So it's definitely... Mecha up front now for Wolfsburg and like he's cheap enough and I think the matchup I still like the Wolfsburg side a bit more they're creating just a bit more shots in uh, comparison to Freiburg although it's, it's almost a wash Freiburg sitting at 96 Wolfsburg at 101 shots so far this season but Wolfsburg still not conceding a lot of shots only 80 that's a pretty pretty uh, good result is only Dortmund and, and Bayern have conceded less shots uh, than Wolfsburg have. It's even less than uh, Leipzig, for instance, who are taught to have a, like, they have a good defense, but Wolfsburg still, that's a tough max, uh, matchup for Freiburg to break. Yeah. they playing at home against Fürth next week. So it's definitely like, if you want to go with a value midfielder and, and go with Young in the hopes that he scores another one, and next week he has a great matchup uh, against Ferd. I wouldn't fault you, but I personally, I probably won't have any player out of this game. If I had to pick one, it would be Mecha. And Mbabu, I think, is still a, a, a pretty decent um, pick, but he costs you 11 million, which is a bit pricey for me with all the value out there in the defender market. Yeah, I mean, also considering the fact that they're away from home against Leverkusen next week, Wolfsburg, I think they're just, they're not as an attractive a side as we wanted them or thought they would be. I think we knew that Van Bommel was ultimately going to be a bit of a change compared to the form under Oliver Glasner. And maybe they've been found out a little bit now. And so now we're kind of waiting for the waters to settle to find out exactly who could be a viable candidate in that Wolfsburg market. I mean, Flo's mentioned that the best name's in there, but I still stand by, I just wouldn't invest in this fixture this weekend. So, On that note, we'll leave it there for part one. We will be back after a short little break with part two and the rest of the Matchday 9 fixture list. Welcome 
Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. We were in the thick of things when it came to the Matchday 9 fixture list, which I, I had a bit messed up in my head, but we've got so everything sorted now, which is four. great. Um, so moving Just to- as an info. <laughs> yeah, we may have started- James Bungle there We may have started part two Never a couple of times already. Never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we, yeah, it's amateur hour here. It happens every now and again. Um, and it's been a, it's been a long week. So, uh, I'll take it. But two games left to go in the Saturday afternoon kickoffs. And we will start with Bielefeld against Dortmund. Now, Dortmund have won all five of their home games in the Bundesliga this season, but they've only picked up three points on the road so far. Meanwhile, Bielefeld have no home wins this season. So it's kind of the perfect storm. We had the Haaland fun games last week to, to deal with. So let's say, Flo, if you had brought Haaland in, would you be worried at all about him being rested at any point of this game, whether it be as a starter that gets brought off early or being rested from the start? Rested from the start, I, I, I don't see that. I think next week is no international football, if I'm not mistaken. So Pokal. it's cup. DFB Pokal. Yeah, it's cup. Where, where's Dortmund playing? Oh, that off the top of my head, I couldn't my, tell My... Cup journey ended in the first round this year, so I'm not uh, really involved in <laughs> what's going on. Um, they're playing at home against Ingolstadt. There you have your Haaland rest match um, on Tuesday. So not worried at all. Maybe if the game goes out of hand, um, he he gets subbed off, but I, I can't see him getting subbed off earlier than 75th minutes. And then it like he probably has done enough damage where uh, at that point you are okay I'll, I'll take the 28 points from Haaland so no grudges Marco Rosa yeah right yeah. I mean like who who wouldn't at that point who wouldn't Um, I mean is there anyone else piquing your interest we talked about Dortmund having a tough matchup against Mainz and I think we were proven right on that front but Bellingham again involved in a goal I know it's a late one you know where it's in injury time Haaland gets it, it it's one of those that is a bit of a freak goal in, in certain matches, but no one really else came out of the woodwork for me in that Dortmund side to go, right, I could really see myself investing in, in what I believe would be a player that could, you know, score big, but also be a player that I can keep in my squad for the next couple of weeks. Because we talked about the merits of Royce. You've got Torgan Hazard kind of flirting with coming back into the starting lineup. Brandt is in and out a little bit. Witzel, Chan, we've got that debate as well. Bellingham is the the rock in midfield, but he doesn't seem like this guaranteed fantasy star on a weekly basis. Yeah, 10 points for a game where he had an assist. That's just like, that's not cutting it. Uh, I, I went with Brunt because I felt like the upside is bigger. He got six points without a goal. So uh, yeah. if he had given that assist, I'm like that's basically a wash. I'm not. I'm not sure if going with Brunt was the wisest choice I could have made. I, but I like the bravery. I'm probably though. sticking. I like the with bravery it. on it. Yeah, I thought that Brunt's maybe on fire. Well, I mean, but, are you keeping him in your yeah. lineup, or are you looking to get rid of him this weekend? Then um, it's either him or Lashtinul mm. who has to go. So I, I will have some probably hard conversations with the both of them and <laughs> they have so. to pitch me what they bring to the table for the weekend and then I'm going to make a decision maybe if I need the money then it's probably Stindl I'm, uh, I'm getting rid of and keep Brunt but it's definitely possible I'm uh, I'm not clinging uh, to to keep him but right now the transfers I'm making I could do both, so I could sell okay. uh, Stindl or Brandt. 
There you go. Okay, so I mean, if if you're picking a player from this game as your player pick, his name isn't Erling Haaland. Who would it be? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. I'm not sure. I can still go with Nico Schulz uh, as a pick. I think he had to go like. He, he couldn't play the second half at Amsterdam because he like his his legs were so twisted the way that the Amsterdam players went around him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm not sure like, he's able like like he untwisted his legs until kickoff. Um, but yeah, Bielefeld's not Amsterdam, but like he he didn't help his case that he's a like a, a eye level replacement for Rafael Guerrero. Yep. And I think in the second half, Emre Can played as a left back. Yes, um, yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, so, and if you're going to that length just to make sure that Schulz isn't in the lineup, yeah. I'm not even sure he's going to start. Or like Zagadou is back, so maybe Rosa says at like at least he can defend. I'm, I'm like I'm I'm not feeling like I have Schulz in my la- squad. I'm probably keeping him because he's in a predicted lineup, but. Like he definitely uh, helped his cause by the way he played yeah. Yeah. in midweek. So I, I can't really give you another guy except for Haaland. I, I just think that, I mean, Meunier would be interesting if he were a defender, but he isn't in the game. And then, then that's it. Uh, we don't have, like, Royce is a striker. Maybe Hazard. If you want to, like... Hazard, you've got the uncertainty if he's in the starting lineup, but I think like his potential is probably the the, the greatest um, of all Dortmund midfielders who are midfielders in the game would be Hazard. Okay, let's move on then to Leipzig against Furt because this is a game I'm sure a lot of people are looking at. But Flo, there's a lot of risk that comes with a game like this because there's rotation fears uh, involved. We saw Antilino hit by it last week and then he picks up two assists in the Champions League, of course. I just saw that I had Jesse March figured out and they were playing <laughs> this three-man back line. Yeah. And, and I still think that with a three-man back line, Angelino is going to play. I, I believe they probably play with a three-man back line against Fürth, and Angelino is fine. It's definitely a pick that hurt me last week, but probably hurt a lot of, uh, a lot of other guys as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely keeping Angelino. I'm, I think he's going to play, but like this aspect of certainty that I had with him is now gone thanks to Jesse March. Who benched him for no reason? <laughs> no reason whatsoever. Um, yeah, that, that that it was it was a tough tough pill to swallow. But this this foot games offers us the opportunity to score big in a fancy sense. You feel, yes. um, but I feel like it's a minefield because you're just going to have to pick correctly. We had Schlobberschlei back in the starting lineup last weekend, which I'm not sure was really that anticipated. Unkunku Forsberg still doing well, scoring well. There's the question up front, Paulson Silver, because let's be honest, if we knew flow that striker would immediately become very interesting to everyone in the game. Yeah, I, I expect Silva. I do too. Yeah. And I might even, like, I, if if I would do a second transfer up front, I might even risk going with Silva because I feel this is the perfect get-right spot for him in the Bundesliga and they would want to get him going. He's got a Paris, so that, that that's positive. 
so I personally expect Silva, and I'm 80% confident that he's going to start. But you'd still have heart. So let's say if you were 100%, if you knew Andre Silva was in the starting lineup yeah. for foot, uh, yeah, still you'd still Harland pick Haaland. Interesting. Yes. I thought I'd ask the question. Yes. Yeah. Um, is there anyone else that piques your interest in this Leipzig side? Because again, you know, there's points on offer here. So where are you looking? So Klostermann is out and uh, no option for the next two weeks. And that's definitely heightens uh, the outlook of Mukiele. He's sitting at 10.1 million. He's a decent uh, fantasy pick. There's just like a bit of uncertainty because maybe this is a time to, like Benjamin Henrys is coming off the bench in recent weeks. Maybe this is a time he's going to get a start after being out for quite some time. Yeah, um, so I'm 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 feeling seventy percent confident with Mukiele. He would be the second guy I would think about. Yeah, I don't think that Nkunku is getting rested. I just hope that's that I'm not mistaken by that. Leipzig also plays in the cup on Tuesday, and they traveling to Babelsberg. I think they're third or fourth tier German side. So yeah. I would imagine that all. The rotation that's going to happen is going to happen in the cup and not uh, in the Bundesliga. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that's maybe the one saving grace this weekend is that those cup games are coming up. And I think really the only big one that needs to be worried about is, of course, Gladbach are playing against Bayern. Uh, so they don't quite have the ease of rotation next week uh, that other clubs will. But let's talk about one of those two teams because they're in the top spiel slot on Saturday. Uh, Hertha Berlin against Borussia Mönchengladbach now. Uh, Borussia are four Bundesliga games unbeaten against Hertha, winning one and drawing three, though. So it's not a very convincing record, let's say. Um, and this was a game that we talked about last week, Flo. We said Gladbach are a team to invest in. How are you feeling about... I mean, you you invested heavily, so I guess you're the perfect person to ask. How are you feeling about those investments now going up against Hertha on foreign soil? Yeah, it's still good. I, I, I just think we saw with Frankfurt, like this stuff happens. You get an amazing win at Munich and then you just like nothing's there on the next match day. I'm not sure what happened there. Um, Hatter did look improved, but it's always a question. Well, was Hatter that good or was just Frankfurt that bad? I think we might um, be asking that of every game Hatter play in this season, Flo. <laughs> probably. But I mean, Gladbach... Like the most important thing for me is Gapa produced shots and they produced a lot of shots and they're second in the league in shot production so far this season. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still happy about my Gladbach assets. I'm probably going to sell Nets. That was my risky one. Could have had like, as he was taking off, he had more points than Scully, but he just didn't get the minutes to go up there points wise still think it was a decent pick but Benzebaini is back and I would expect that he he will get at least like 30 minutes so I, I expect him to timeshare with Nets mm. and that's definitely hindering Nets fantasy potential so um, Nets would be the one player I would definitely looking to sell just because of that situation although You've got the narrative of, with him being a, a Hatta Academy player and um, having his Bundesliga debut for Hatta, I think. Uh, so that's definitely a case. If I want to look on the other side, um, 
Don't do a it, guy <laughs> who's playing out of position now again yeah, right, yeah. is Maxi Mittelstädt. I mean, we went there in, in the past and yeah. like it, it was good on occasion. 6.6 million, got you 10 points at Frankfurt. Not the worst idea in the world, um, but still like like Gladbach way better than, than Hertha in this match. I just think it's too early after one match to say that that Hatta is just over the hump and everything's fine from now on. I'm not ready to declare them actually a good team. No, I'm definitely definitely not ready to do that, but I do agree with you. I think it is too early to do that. And I mean, Gladbach, let's be honest, they had those 31 shots. They probably should have won against Stuttgart as well, but they only, you know, they, they were held to that one-all draw. And so it, it, frustrating results from their point of view. And they'll be looking to course correct a little bit here, but I like their market still. I mean, we someone we haven't even mentioned, didn't mention him last week either, but um, Coadio Kone. I mean, 6.6 .6 million to get into the, the Gladbach midfield. Uh, he had a couple of shots last week, picked up eight points, and you're wondering whether he could be someone that has a breakout at some point. But it's also the question whether he stays in the starting lineup. It's really changed things around with Zachary and Kone, but there's nothing to say that Neuhaus or Kramer don't change the, the complexion of that midfield at some point as well. And um, I, I so, wouldn't worry about it, honestly. Well, no, because of Hoffman and Schindler, you, right? You got, you got Jonas Hoffmann? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, who's sitting in second place in the Bundesliga in shot production on uh, per minute? So I'm not thinking about another Gladbach midfielder. Not true. As long as Hofmann is able to play, uh, uh, I don't think there's a need. And uh, I, I think we got Mané down as Quadio, uh, as you said, but he's actually called Manu. I was going to say, yeah, I had, him, I had him in my head as Manu. Yeah. But, but for some yeah, reason... It's one of like, those official names, like, right? I think it's his middle name. Yeah. Uh, he shows up in the fantasy game as Quadio Kone, but it's actually see, yeah. Manu Kone. But, I mean, you're right, 6.6 .6 is, like, if you want to double up and need a value guy, then I guess you could do it, but... Well, if, no, no, for me, for um, me, I was I was mentioning his name more yeah. to say he's caught the eye. These last two appearances, he's picked up 18... Uh, no, he's I think he's had three games now. He's picked up 18 points in three games, and it's just the fact that he's piqued my interest to see whether he can stay in that lineup. I wouldn't be suggesting bringing him in this week unless you really need the budget busting, but then, you know, if you're going that low, then I'd look at... I'd still maybe look at Jong, actually, of Freiburg against Wolfsburg. So it was more just to put him on the radar, if anything. But let's talk about a midfielder that's fully on the radar. Uh, we'll move into the Sunday fixtures. We'll start with Köln against Leverkusen, something that could be classified as the Florian Wirtz derby, uh, because, of course, Wirtz was a former Köln Academy player, got pinched by Leverkusen, I'm sure, as Flo will remind you. Yeah. I mean, the, the wounds are still deep in Cologne because like, there was some kind of gentleman agreements from a few big clubs who are in this area not to snatch up other academy players. And, but with words, Leverkusen probably felt like he's too good to pass on. And um, some blame has to go to Armin V, uh, of course, because he, he was sleeping on the job, not giving words like in contract until 2052 yeah. at least <laughs> that's what he should have done and so Leverkusen was able to to get him basically for a package of aspirin and yeah. that's it <laughs> and, oh, that, if you mention the name words to Cologne supporters it's like it's still a yeah, they just don't talk, they don't as you talk can imagine because having a player that, like that is it, it oh. can change the fortune of the whole club 
for years. I mean, what's his market value now? Yeah, I mean, it's like, like, like you have million, to right? triple digit, I guess. Yeah, is at le at least <laughs> no, but triple digit. It it should be for Florian Wirtz, and so that's definitely uh, yeah a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, for for Cologne, where's words? It is, and now especially since like I think Sky had last week had this like uh, the the homegrown Leverkusen player Floor and words. Yeah, right. Yeah, you say yeah, guys. A bit of research, like he, he I think he never played for a, a junior team um, at Leverkusen. Oh, that, yeah. He, he came like he came from Cologne straight. Um, to the first team, and that, that was that was how they broke the gentleman's agreement, wasn't it? Because they, they said he's not going to be a youth player for us. He's going into our first team, so technically we're signing a first team player. And that was the whole. It was it was very grey area. It was yeah, you're right. Very very convincing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the, you know, pull, pull, pull that one over on us. Um, but the fact is, he is now on Leverkusen's books. The fact is, he's an incredible form. Uh, we said don't go near him last week, but then he still managed to uh, be involved in a goal and pick up a fair amount of fantasy points. And he's had a hand in at least one goal in each of his last seven games for Leverkusen this season. So is it a case of if you didn't jump back on him last week, you have to jump on the Vitz bandwagon this week, Flo? Uh, I wouldn't say you have to, but um, I'd like to. So uh, <laughs> I think he's he's a pretty good fantasy option. They had the home game against Wolfsburg, but the way that Wolfsburg is playing right now, that's nothing that scares me away. Uh, from words, so um, I, I think he's he's a, a pretty good choice, giving you flexibility, and uh, yeah, he he's definitely like uh, in my transfers right now. I've prepared them, uh, prepared them. He he's in. I, I have to admit. Same here. <laughs> Ditto on that front. Because, I mean, this is, yeah, we're looking at this one again and saying, okay, it's, it's worth worth investing in. Köln didn't look that great, clearly, against Hoffenheim, a 5-0 loss. We know what they're capable of, but Leverkusen themselves looking to bounce back from the defeat to Bayern. I mean, this this really has all the makings of a, a bounce-back performance for Leverkusen. And that's why their market, for me, still remains the more attractive. Is there anyone outside of Wurz that, that really you would seriously consider this weekend? Yeah, maybe Patrick Schick uh, as a differential option. Yeah, he's having a great season. I think like if Leverkusen hits a better run of fixtures, uh, he's probably in a lot of people's uh, squads as a third striker behind Lewandowski and Haaland. Yeah, that's, that's not yeah, it's not an unfair argument. And, and what you about, could be um, an early adopter. I, I wouldn't fault you for going with Schick this week because he gives you flexibility. In comparison to other guys who have kickoff times at the same time as Lewandowski and Haaland, because these two guys play on Saturday afternoon, so it's not a bad idea to to have a striker that's starting later. And Schick is probably the prime pick, not playing Saturday afternoon. I would I would yeah. imagine. Now I was just looking ahead as well. It plays on Sunday next week as well against. Um Oh, excuse me, sorry, there's a game against Wolfsburg first. I've gone too far. Yes. No, he's got another Saturday game against Wolfsburg, then on Sunday again against Hertha. Uh, what about Jeremy uh, Frimpong? Uh, he was another name I wanted to mention here. We again, we said stay clear of the Leverkusen, but he, you know, the Leverkusen squad, but he was a defender that was scoring points for these next three games. Is he, is he in consideration? 
Yeah, he he would be, but I I would like to save a bit more money. Um, I think he's like between seven and eight million. Yeah, seven and, seven point uh, eight million. Seven point. Yeah. Uh, so he he's a good option, but maybe I would rather have Schmitz, although he totally fall flat last week. But still, that's a different. It's a different ball game. Um, they were missing uh, Lubicic, Skiri, and Hector on short notice. Yeah. Um, at least Hector and Lubicic should both be back in the squad. So I'm not giving up on, on Cologne, actually, like at least keeping keeping the game close. And, and Schmitz maybe like having a, a few of these crosses. And Leverkusen is defending with Baka. He, he, like, who likes to attack more than he likes to defend? And maybe there's an, like an angle where Schmitz gets a lot of leeway and a lot of crosses in from the right side. Or another guy like Aaron. I'd rather go with Aaron than with uh, Frimpong just because of the savings. Yeah. If all were priced equal, Frimpong would probably be my favorite pick. Although it would be close with Aaron with his set-piece duties. We expect at least that he gets set-piece duties. I mean, yeah. he hasn't been in the squad yeah. for a while. So it's always a risk you're taking there. You assume that he's getting his, his set-piece duties back. But it's a guess. Uh, I think it's an educated guess. But yeah, still some layoff uncertainty there. But Frimpong is not... Like in the close circles of players, I'm thinking about for next week just because uh, of his price tag. Because yeah. I want to go lower, and I probably need to go lower if I want to bring in. Yeah, Haaland is one guy. Woods is the second guy, and then there's yeah. just so much budget left for a defender. No, I'm, I'm in. I'm in a similar um, boat. Uh, I've got. To, I've definitely yeah. got to figure out my budget a little bit in terms of the, the, the transfers that I want to make this week. Uh, so let's move on to the next Sunday game. Uh, maybe a fixture that provides a bit of re budget relief. Um, Stuttgart against Union. Now the fun fact out of this one is Tywo Awani has supplied half of Union's goals this season, six out of twelve, actually already beating his personal best of five from the whole of last season. Now, we don't necessarily need to turn to this fixture flow for flexibility or value, but is it one that you would consider turning to for those things this weekend? I'm not sure, actually, because like, there's a bit of uncertainty. We we haven't seen Onion really produce. I mean, they, they had a 2-0 win against Wolfsburg and Gieselmann did score seven points. They're just not like they're, they're a team that's not creating a lot and that's not conceding a lot. Um, Stuttgart is the other way around. They, they usually produce and they concede a lot of shots. But what's going to give here with Union playing on the, on the Thursday? We got some uncertainty in regards to the, to the lineup. That's the case with Stuttgart. That's the case with Union. I'm, I'm I'm not sure that there's anyone here that's beating out other players in that price range. And I don't need the added layer of flexibility because we've got Gladbach playing as a standalone fixture. We got Leverkusen playing as a standalone fixture. We got Frankfurt staying as a playing as a standalone fixture. And that's where I get my flexibility. I, I just think I, I'll totally overlook uh, the Stuttgart game. Maybe yeah. you can make an argument for Chris Furish, 5.4 million. Risky, but like at least he's a guy that has like he he's involved in a lot of shots if he's on the pitch. So 
But apart from him, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Mamouche up front is cheap with 4 million. I mean, he did pick up eight got, points. Yeah, he got an assist, yeah. didn't he? he? He got the assist. Yes, you're, you're correct. He gave one other shot, uh, pass to shot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hate Mamouche for 4 million. So if you want to get your savings up front, you have Lewandowski, Haaland and Mamouche. I think that could work. But as a whole, I, I I don't like this game and the players involved in the fantasy sense. No, no. For, for me, this is a typical fixture. If you've got players from these teams in your squad already, that's okay. Yeah. But this is not one I'm looking to invest in this weekend. And definitely... The last game of the weekend is the one I'm more invested in already and would be more interested in investing in further. And that is Bochum against Frankfurt. Let's close out the fixture list. A battle of two good goalkeepers because Manuel Riemann uh, is one of only two goalkeepers to have made more saves than Kevin Trapp. The other one being Lukas Radetzky, who tops the charts at 37 saves. Riemann has 34, Trapp has 28. Now, Frankfurt, these were assets that we talked about last weekend. Durham didn't make the starting lineup. Hinteregger, I think, only picked up one point. Kostic was a disappointment as well. We talked about the fact that none of those players got more than 11 points. We're hoping that changes this weekend, Flo, aren't we? And are we sticking with the same horses or has someone else leapt ahead of the field? No, I, I would stick with the same horses. Definitely with Kostic. You mean uh, Timothy Chandler hasn't piqued your interest? <laughs> well, like, who's going to play? That's, okay, we're that just, is a good we're question. We're just not yeah. sure. Like, World Cup winner Eric Dorm is always on our radar. We're just not sure if he's going to play. We're not sure who's playing up front. We're not sure who's playing behind. Like, the only guy we can be sure of that he's playing in the attacking part of the Frankfurt squad is Philip Kostic. I'm like I'm I'm not a hundred percent with any other player with Frankfurt and 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 then I just think it's not it's not worse it's not worse the trouble. Yeah, I mean, the kicker have Pasiens here in their starting um, line. Oh, it could be worse. Uh, it could be worse the trouble, but like you're risking a lot um, going forward. I think like if we see that Paciencia is getting like into his old habits, we're like. At one point, James, we were talking about Paciencia being a pretty good Bundesliga striker, and then something happened. And that's what Schalke does to strikers, Flo. Yeah, <laughs> before that. I mean, he, no, we he, he would have never ended up on Schalke uh, if he were decent uh, at that time. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, he, had, he was being outshone by Alain Jovic Rebic, but the fact is he was still producing really good performances. Yeah, and then and everyone was, was away yeah. and you thought that now is his time to shine yeah. and it didn't yeah. happen. Maybe like he's a late bloomer. We'll see. I'd imagine that he's getting to start, but I'm not sure. And I, 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 can, I can say you who I wasn't impressed with, that was Sam Lammers. Yeah. He had a horrible game against Hatta, uh, looked totally out of place um, so I'm not, I'm not going to the Lama train anytime soon because like he, he didn't pass my eyeball test, which isn't like an <laughs> official one. Uh, and, and you probably can yeah, produce fantasy outputs official. without passing <laughs> the eyeball test. But It's the official fantasy boy eyeball test. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and still, still one game, uh, like every player has a bad game. It's just like I, I watched that game against Hata and I'm not convinced that, that Lama's uh, can produce in the Bundesliga at this time and age. So, yeah. 
I, I, I think that's the problem Frankfurt have with every single striker they've got. Boré, Paciencia, Lammers. I think they're all kind of just as bad and as good as each other. And they're all in the same boat where they can all have a good game. But consistency is really something that might be a struggle for all of them. I, it's, it's an interesting one. I, Paciencia, yeah, I mean, he, he would become interesting. If he gets a run of games at 4.5 million in that Frankfurt side who are capable of scoring goals and any striker who has the service of Philip Kostic is an interesting fantasy prospect. So he could become interesting, but far too much of a risk this weekend. And, yes. and that really is it. Um, it feels like cost, you, you want to invest in this game, but Kostic and Hinteregger seem like the only safe bets. Yeah, you and, could go with Indica as well. I, I saw some outlets who have Frankfurt playing with a four-man back line and Indica being the left back with Lenz still being out. Yeah, I think that's a possibility. And Indica is also a threat after set pieces. He's pricier than I would have liked. 9.7 million is his price tag, but um, he, he's definitely the differential option if you don't want to go uh, with Hinteregger. Like I brought, like, I, I still think it's fine to, to go with Hinteregger, although it's like a bit of risk with that being the last game of the match day. It's always risky to have a defender who isn't like a blue chip yeah. one like Alfonso Davis. Like, even if Bayern concedes two goals, Davis can be involved in, like, six or seven shots, and, like, you don't mind that as much. Hinteregger can fall totally flat. That's within his range of outcomes. I just, like, we haven't seen Bochum producing really great outcome, and I still think that Frankfurt will have learned their lesson from the way they played, played against Hatta. That's my guess. So yeah, I'm 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 still like I'm I'm staying on course. Yes, front no, definitely. Um, okay, let's close today's show because we didn't have any listener questions, but Flo and I, as always, have rambled ourselves silly. Uh, so we'll end the show on some player picks, starting with the Vegas choice. Flo, who are you going for? I'm going with Andre Silva. Um, uh, he's a great pick. Risk is if he's in a starting lineup. My gut feeling says yes. But you have to keep in mind, so like make that decision in full consciousness that it is possible that when lineups hit, you will be disappointed because Paulson is playing up front or on Kunku or Forsberg or what else March is thinking. That's a possibility. Make your peace with it. Make the decision. And then it's, I think it's a decision, totally uh, sensible decision uh, to bring in Silva. But think about that beforehand. Um, definitely, like in the range of outcomes, Silva scoring 25 fantasy points or just coming off the bench and giving you one point. That's like his range of out outcome for me. So. <laughs> yes, it's a big range. Yeah. It's a big range, but that's why he's a Vegas choice. I like the pick. I will tweak mine up. I will throw out Jeremy Frimpong. I, I like his prospects. And it's rare that I recommend a Leverkusen defender, but Frimpong may have just broken the mold because... At the very least, even if Leverkusen can't be relied upon defensively, he's getting forward, he's getting in attacking positions, and that's what we want to see from a fantasy asset. So I'll throw his name out there as my Vegas choice. Who's your super schnepchen flow? It has to be Aaron. Yeah, so, so. Uh, he's my big enabler. If he's not in the starting lineup, <laughs> I definitely have to rethink my transfers. So. Which will be tough because I'm covering second Bundesliga again. So... Uh, it was tough last week, actually, to confirm that. While while last week was Hannover Schalke, uh, this week I think is Hamburg. 
Uh, I'm, I'm covering, but I, I know yeah, you, Flo. You will find a way. You will find a way. <laughs> I, I have <laughs> to, but it's with kickoff time so close together. And it's not like at halftime the lineups aren't there most of the time. Yeah, and then the game ends like five minutes before Bundesliga kicks off. It's really you have to multitask in a big way. You do, you do, but I believe yeah. you're capable of it. Yeah, I, and that's it. I'd, it'd be interesting to see when those lineups come out, whether Aaron is in there, because he could be something that's all a player that kind of changes the game a little bit this weekend. Um, because I think yeah. if people see him in that starting line, there may be a big jump and shift towards him. So, yeah, maybe one advice I would give everyone who's in a similar boat, like plan for both situations. Think out beforehand what you would do if Aaron isn't in the starting lineup. So you don't like you're not scrambling and all of a sudden you bring in a player on Saturday. You feel, yeah, what have I done? I'm not like my thought process was just bad. So what you're doing if Aaron is in the lineup and what you're doing if he's not in the lineup doesn't mean you have to pick Aaron. So if you're not want him at all, it's fine. But maybe you go with Peterson, for instance, or you, you pick someone else. But think that beforehand you make different transfers. Uh, I think uh, go into Friday evening was a plan. You know, absolutely, you have to do that. I mean, it, and if anything, I'll throw out another name because if Aaron isn't in the starting lineup, I know he costs you significant, well, significantly more, but 6.3 million compared to 2.7 is a big shift. But Anderson Lukoki of Mainz is still a valuable pick at that left back role if he's the one in the starting lineup. So he's my super schnapchen. One of either Flo or I will be right in terms of them being in the starting lineup. So you've got one either way. But how about your banker this weekend, Flo? I'm going with Jonas Hofmann. I like I, I gave praise to him the whole show, and I, I think it's just merited with him. Uh, he's the heart of, and soul of the Gladbach attack. His set pieces are pretty pretty good, and like like his baseline is so high, and I, I think. Probably a lot of people are shying away a bit now with Hata actually showing a pulse <laughs> uh, against decent competition for the first time this season because you have to remember that their two wins before that were against Fürth and Bochum with like the both uh, the promoted guys with Bochum already missing Simon Sola, the most prolific striker or, or best informed striker. So. That's something to keep in mind. Um, I'm not shying away from Hertha after one game. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still high, very high on Jonas Hofmann. Yeah, and, and uh, with every reason to be as well. Uh, he's, a, he's a brilliant player um, and a great fantasy asset, as proven last weekend. I, uh, I had Kostic down. I had Wirtz down. I'm going to be a little risky, and I'm going to pick Andre Silva as my banger. He was Flo's Vegas choice. But it's too tempting because Flo, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I I don't think I agree with you. I think if I 100% know Silver's in the starting lineup against Foot, I think I pick Silver over Haaland. And that is why I've made him my back. <laughs> There's a little shake of the head there from Flo. He's like, you don't have a clue what you're talking about, James. Um, and maybe I don't. I, I, like his, He doesn't have a track record and in being involved in so much of Leipzig shots even when he's on the pitch. Like, how much does that match up against Fürth change that? And I, well, I, like, think Le- I think Leipzig... Gonna, yeah, yeah, I, think, really? I think Leipzig set the new record for most shots in a single game this okay. weekend. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think they can, like, they can read 
20 to 25 easily, but like if they're up 2 0, who knows if they're even like bothering, not just controlling the game, but actually trying to get more goals. And I, I believe there are enough players in there that will still want to get goals. I take your point. It's a, it's a valid argument. But I, I uh, with, with Haaland, you, you know, like he's involved in 25 to 50% of all Dortmund shots, probably. You don't have that uh, amount of certainty with Silva. So I think even with a perceived better matchup at home against Fürth and Dortmund struggling away, I... I, I as for me, it's no debate. I go Haaland over Silva every time. Well, the, and this is the thing. It's, it's going to come down. Who do I replace Andre Kramaric with? Do I replace him with Haaland? Do I replace him with Silva? I'm putting my neck out there today, Thursday, three o'clock in the afternoon. So since we since we are <laughs> uh, rivals... Maybe I'll do it. I, I think you have a point yeah. going with Silva. <laughs> there you, go, you, still- you, should, you should definitely not okay, pick Haaland. I, I stretched my lead over you last weekend and immediately this is what comes of it. Um, understood. I will. I might consider it now just for the differential potential against you now. It's making it's making me want to do it even more, Flo, yeah. which is good news for you. Um, do it. Do it, James. <laughs> so on that note, ladies and gents, uh, we will end this week's episode of Talking Foosball Fantasy. We hope that despite the lack of listener questions, we cover as many bases as we could if you do have any burning questions feel free to send them to us on twitter uh flo and i are both happy and able uh to answer your questions on yeah. there as well I, yeah although like i have to like the small asterisks I, I i can't answer on friday yeah. evening if i'm yeah. on shift <laughs> that's that's a, that's a problem i know it's not, like some people send me messages and it's it's totally fine i just like i'm not answering while i'm on shift well that's it and uh, just, that's one of the reasons that we're not going to do a twitter I, spaces I this that. friday either um but i know yeah. there was an attempt last weekend to do one on friday night uh, by some of the other lads that are involved in creating bundesliga fantasy content it didn't quite work out i was in there for a little bit uh but then con- connection got lost so hopefully they try again this week uh and if anything you can maybe spot me in there and ask your questions there as well we are not the only ones that create bundesliga fantasy content we're very happy about that fact we love the fact that you guys keep coming back uh, and listening to this podcast we enjoy producing it uh, but there are plenty of resources out there so do capitalize on them for now though from me your host james Saragut, and flo and the rest of the talking foosball crew auf wiederhören auf wiederhören